The Spirit and the Church cry out, Come, Lord Jesus, come. My brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ, do you have big holiday expectations? Is a white Christmas one of your expectations? Well, don't look at the long-term forecast then, because it's not promising. How about lots of candies and goodies to graze on? Well, somebody better get baking then. Are you looking forward to family gatherings or other social occasions where you will unite with people you haven't seen perhaps for a while? Then I'm praying that all of the travel arrangements that have been made by those people all play out without any interruptions or delays this busy holiday season. Do you have gift expectations? Better have made sure that someone else knows what you're thinking because silent expectations aren't all that often fulfilled to the degree of the one hoping. This time of year can be so full of expectations. And it can become a very real problem, maybe even a big problem, for those who have determined that their expectations have not been fulfilled, or at least in the manner or timing preferred by the one expecting. Some will even think to themselves. Others might actually say out loud to the people who are around them, the holidays have been ruined when their expectations are not met for whatever purpose they had set them in the first place. Maybe, maybe we should all do a little bit of contemplation in the next few weeks and, and kind of dial back our expectations a bit, maybe just to the level of hopes, so the intensity and the Reality that we could all use a little bit more relaxed atmosphere at, time, at this time of the year might play out for at least some of us. John the Baptist did not have the luxury of a relaxed time of contemplation in the moment that he found himself imprisoned because of his open proclamation of the sins of the house of King Herod. He had too much time on his hands and plenty of time for contemplation. So examining his expectations of what the Messiah would be doing by this point in his public ministry only heightened John's wondering of whether or not his expectations were ever going to be met. As he sat in prison with an almost certain death sentence hanging over him, he heard reports from his visiting disciples of all the things that Jesus was doing and what Jesus was proclaiming. And not all of that matched John's expectations. And all of this turned his human thinking a bit sideways to where he felt he needed some answers. And so he dispatched some of those visiting disciples to go 
to go visit Jesus and ask him a very important question, to get some clarity regarding John's very closely held expectations. When John, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent his disciples to ask him, Are you the one who is to come? Or should we expect someone else? Jesus replied, Go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. As John's disciples were leaving, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed swayed by the wind? If not, what did you go out to see? A man dressed in fine clothes? No. Those who wear the fine clothes are in king's palaces. Then what did you go out to see? A prophet. Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. Truly, I tell you, among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet whoever is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Clearly, John the Baptist had met Jesus' expectations. John had played the role of the forerunner, preparing the world for the arrival of the long-promised Messiah. John had done this prophecy-fulfilling work clearly with style. Maybe not the style choices you would have made. And clearly with substance. Like no one before or since. John was so unique in his style, in his approach to ministry, in the message that he proclaimed that anyone else fashioning themselves, even in this day and age, after John the Baptist would clearly have to only be seen as a copycat. But John does meet, or rather, does John meet our expectations? After all, Jesus labels him, proclaims him to be the greatest You think about how Jesus and John the Baptist had known each other their entire lives. You could even make the case had acknowledged each other's existence before their lives began through birth. And Jesus says of John the Baptist, he's the greatest human being to ever have been born of women. Do you think if we took a poll of the world in which we now live, or really any other moment in time in the world's history. Took a poll among average people or even took a poll in a room full of Christians like this and asked the obvious question. Who, apart from Jesus Christ, and anything that John the Baptist is mentioned about by Jesus in the verses we happen to be looking at today, 
But John the Baptist isn't on anybody's mind in the moment. Who, apart from Jesus Christ, is the most important other person that has ever lived? Does John the Baptist make the top 100? Does John the Baptist even come up at all in anyone's mind? But the work John came into the world to perform, the way he prepared, and the manner in which he carried it out were absolutely essential to the fulfillment of God's saving plan. And all those promises and prophecies of the Old Testament, God's plan to save the world through his one and only Son. Of whom else can that truly be said? That they did their job so well. They fulfilled every prophecy about them so completely and so faithfully that Jesus would make this kind of statement about them, leaving absolutely no doubt that John was the fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy. Take a look at the life, the ministry, the message of any other prophet, any other apostle, and they've got to take their spot in the back of the bus as John the Baptist takes that seat right behind Jesus who's driving the bus of the Scriptures. John was an uncompromising preacher of repentance and forgiveness. And John was so universally appropriate in his proclamation of the law of God that he was even comfortable calling out royalty. He openly labeled every sin for what it truly was. He made sure that no one, no one could ever believe that God showed favoritism in regard to his dealing with anyone's sin. The only possible progression to a complete and abiding belief in the saving promises of the eternal God begins with a full understanding, ownership, and sincere confession of every last one of our sins. Anything less compromises the full and free forgiveness our Savior God has provided us in Christ. There's no room for pride. There's no room for evasion of the truth. That's God's method. It was John's method administered powerfully and consistently to the point that rabid persecution came back his way from those to whom he spoke God's word powerfully with full force to the point of now sitting in prison under a death sentence. John was languishing because he was completely uncompromising in regard to whom he would preach God's word with full force. But also because his mission of preparing the world for the arrival of the Messiah was now complete. John understood all of that. That wasn't what John was wrestling with. The time on his hands had him mulling over 
why Jesus' ministry, why Jesus' message, and why Jesus' approach was so very different from his own. He was having a hard time connecting his own work that was now completed to the work that Jesus was doing. Long and short of it, it appears that John had the expectation that Jesus would be a little more brash, would be a little more aggressive, that Jesus would be a little bit more about judgment and condemnation. He seemed to have expected that Jesus was going to set everything straight, perhaps even using his miraculous powers to give the well-deserved comeuppance to the same forces that opposed Jesus and the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and especially to Herod and those who had immorally and illegally persecuted John to the point that he was now in prison. But Jesus made it clear throughout his ministry that he had not come into the world to share our human experience to judge us. Yes, judgment would be a part of his assignment when he returns at the end of time, but during his 33-plus years of earthly life, Jesus' mission was all about proclaiming truth, healing both bodies and souls, and forgiving and saving. That's not exactly what John and his disciples were expecting. But John also fully knew that his men needed to be following Jesus from this point forward. So he sent his disciples to Jesus with questions. And the way Jesus answered those questions, he helped all of John's disciples and us understand better what Jesus was up to. And the answer Jesus gave clearly laid out what he was up to. And that was fulfilling all of the prophecies all of the Old Testament promises that were made about him. John the Baptist did indeed have many prophecies about him and his work. They shaped his work so that everyone would always be able to see without any doubt that he was the very specific fulfillment of those prophecies. But we also have Jesus making sure we understand and see John the Baptist as the fulfillment of those prophecies. Jesus built on that answer in laying out how vastly much more prophecy had been written and spoken about him, about what he was already doing and would continue to do during his time on earth. And Jesus sets the contrast. John was a human being. Jesus is God in human flesh. John was limited in what he could do to proclaim the word of God and all of its power and its truth. Jesus was God with divine power at his disposal to back up his powerful teaching and proclaiming the authority with which he shared the word with acts of amazing and miraculous power that would endorse and reinforce anyone's understanding that he was indeed the Messiah arrived to fulfill all the promises of God. Jesus needed to reshape John the Baptist's expectations a bit on how this was all going to play out. 
God had a better plan than anything the abused and imprisoned John could conjure up in his imagination and his contemplation. If that could happen to the man that Jesus labels to be the greatest that has ever been born of women, do you suppose that could happen to you? Do you ever join John the Baptist in moments of misunderstanding? Moments of frustration? And ask, what in the world are you doing right now, God, in my world, in my workplace, in my home, in my life? I don't get it. I'm not comfortable. Of course you do. So do I. When John arrived at that moment and acted on it, what did Jesus do? He sent John back to the Word. He instructed John to examine everything he could see and hear about what Jesus was doing against the words of the promises and prophecy of the Old Testament that had shaped John's expectations. Jesus was helping John see that God was not wrong, but rather that John's expectations, even though they were built on Scripture, were significantly misguided. You and I so often need to take that same step back from our own expectations. Everything that God is doing is always always better than what we would define with our own expectations. And that is because we have limited vision, limited knowledge of everything. We especially do not have the slightest clue of what is possible with and for the eternal God. Think back to what you heard the psalmist proclaim to us through the psalm of last Wednesday and again today about the Savior God who speaks to you, who draws you ever further into his word to know him better, to understand his plan for you. The psalmist reminds you he is the creator of the heavens and the earth. He is the powerful God with all forces at his disposal. He's a God who has a plan to help. And that help is always going to be a reality at a level we cannot always see and understand. And that is so very hard for us to keep at the front of our minds and at the center of our lives through all of the distractions, the experience of pain and lack of fulfillment of what we want out of life. Even the good moments distract us day to day from these simple realities that God speaks to us. So take a step back. Try to boil down everything that Jesus is saying to John the Baptist in that moment because he's also saying it to you into just the form of a, a mantra, a simple mantra. Jesus responds to John's wondering and perhaps just a little bit of doubt too 
by ultimately saying, trust me. Trust me and the word I have spoken to you. Trust me that I am fulfilling every promise of God. How often haven't you and I needed Jesus saying exactly the same thing to us throughout our lives? In our younger days, perhaps it was some, some treasured mentor of an adult who was able to break through to us in our moments of, of disappointment or uncertainty, even about holiday expectations, to just take a step back and to trust how we don't also need those people daily in our lives, whether they're co-workers or supervisors or spouses, whoever it might be, who watch us and listen to us and understand the agony that our uncertainty and our wondering if our expectations will be met to encourage us to step back for a moment and trust the process or something similar. Jesus points us the same way he pointed his beloved cousin John to the fulfillment of God's clear promises and says, trust. Adjust your expectations by guiding them to what God has clearly and certainly told you. And if you do that, your expectations will never go unfulfilled. God has always been about fulfilling his promises, his prophecies, and the human expectations that correctly result from those two things. So the better you get to know the word, the more your own expectations will be in line with what God has in mind in any moment and for you. Every day, your trust of him will grow as that same word leads you to see how God fulfills expectation. Every single day, And that ultimately brings you to a deeper and maybe even a complete certainty of your forgiveness, your relief from guilt and payment for your every sin, and your living eternally in peace and joy with your Creator God. There can be no bigger expectation than that. Amen. Please stand. Now grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory both now and forever. Amen.